everyone and welcome to this episode, the events one, of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. This is a unique episode, a first time, recorded live and face-to-face with our guests. And having the opportunity to be at the Learning Live event in London this week was too good to miss, so we encouraged some guests to talk about what it's like being a woman at events. We thought it'd be good to hear from speakers, attendees and exhibitors about being a woman at learning conferences. So, we have five guests this week, and they are Katie Beck, Miriam Spadil, Sarah Frame, Kamala Kaur, and Caroline Ford. Katie and Kamala are exhibitors at the event. Miriam and Sarah are attendees, and Caroline is a speaker. This episode is recorded on the fly with crowd noise, technical problems, and all the challenges you'd expect from a podcast recording in a busy venue. This is Women Talking About Learning. This is Katie, Miriam, Sarah, Kamala and Caroline talking about events. So my name's Cam and I work with Neoskill Limited. I've been with them for over 10 years. Uh, Neoskill's a learning provider, so we do training courses. Um, and I'm the Sales and Marketing Director at Neoskill. And one of the big reasons we come to events is to make connections. Um, we don't do a hard sales pitch. We want to make conversations with people and understand what their challenges are and see if we can provide a solution. And the reason we don't do a hard sell is because we're all about building long-term relationships with customers. You know, we want them to feel comfortable with us and vice versa. And if we can be open and honest at events with the customers to what we can and can't provide, that means we have long-term relationship and they, um, I think we're more approachable in that respect. My name is Miriam Spider and I'm a learning and development consultant. There are a lot of people in the L&D field that I admire and I tend to follow them on social media, on LinkedIn, Twitter, but the events give me the opportunity to hopefully connect one-on-one and have a conversation and ask my questions and also listen to them sharing you know, their thoughts and, and, and case studies and examples and best practice on, on stage. So that's what draws me, just that um, opportunity to sort of develop myself but also make connections and, and finally enough network. But I do come to those events with a good intention of networking but I tend to chicken out at the last minute. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Frame. I'm currently working as a consultant in the learning sector. I have over 20 years experience in the online learning sector and I've been um, part of the LPI for many years. So um, I am a seasoned conference attendee and presenter, um, particularly in the learning sector, learning live, learning technologies, online Educa Berlin. Um, but yeah, I think it is, it's quite pertinent to say that I have been attending conferences for well, more like 30 years um, and, and it is really good to see that from the perspective of a woman there has been a lot of positive change. I think there's still some way to go but there has been a lot of positive change. 
My name is Katie Beck and I work for Blue Eskimo who are a recruitment company that specialise in uh, recruitment for learning and development, digital learning and training um, and I'm currently working there as a team leader so as well as actually recruiting the staff I, I lead a team of, of, of the recruitment consultants as well um, and this type of event is really important for us to engage with both our clients and our candidates um, for our brand to be seen as well um, and just really to get some interesting conversations with those candidates and clients which which might lead to uh, placements or, or almost develop business. Hi, my name is Caroline Ford, I am the Global Head of Learning Strategy Skills Management for Novartis. What brings me to this type of event is uh, a few different things really. One is I really like to meet the vendors, I like to see what's new, what's fresh, what's coming through. I often learn a lot through watching vendor presentations and engaging with the vendors, which is which is brilliant. Uh, the other thing is I like to network. I like to meet new people, but I also like to touch base with uh, existing colleagues, ex-colleagues, friends, and uh, fellow learning professionals as well, Andrew. And uh, yeah, great to meet new people and connect and continue to connect with them. So if I, if I look back over the years and I say I've been to conferences, I've presented extensively and I've attended um, and, you know, going back a number of years, it would be rare to see a female presenter. So you went to conferences as, you know, being earlier in your career and you just saw men presenting. So you were starting to, to feel that, you know, that wasn't a place for a woman, so that you know, would be a barrier in, in progressing in your career. So in, you know, the early days, we didn't see a lot of women presenting at conferences. Um, and I think it's taken time to build that. Um, it's great to be at Learning Live this this week. Um, it's been really good to see you know, really fantastic women um, presenting and being on the panels. Still not quite 50% of the speakers are male. I think we're sitting around about just under 40%. But as I say, it is progress. And it's so important that um, we do have that equality and that it is it, it should no longer be a question as to whether women have a place on a, a platform at a conference. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be discussing that. I think it's, it's this perception of networking being quite clicky. At, at events, you see groups of people who seem to know one another really well and they have conversations that probably go back months and months before the event so that it's just a continuation and you feel like, well, I've got nothing to add or there is no, no space in the conversation for me to jump in and it's intimidating. But, but you know, sometimes I do, like for example, for, for, for this event, you know, learning, learning live, I did prime myself before coming here. So I think as, a, as, a, as an individual, whether, whether you are a seasoned um, event attendee, or just somebody who, who comes uh, to, to, to an event every, every now and again, you do have to have that helpful conversation with yourself. Why are you coming? You know, what you want to get out of it and be a bit gutsy and, and get involved. Um. It's a busy day. Uh, conversations with lots of different types of people. Um, I suppose for me, because I've been to quite a lot of events, it's something that I feel quite comfortable doing. But um, it can be quite daunting if there's if there's lots of people. Um, but also, it's quite good to have initial conversations and. and get those kind of further appointments scheduled in so um, sometimes it can be more 
introductions to uh, new clients and candidates but also good for building relationships with those clients and candidates that you have already so quite often you feel quite comfortable because you already know the people that you're speaking with so it's good <laughs> it's nice to see people in in person a lot of the events we do attend uh, tend to be where we're going to look for new customers. So we see a lot of familiar faces um, and we obviously have conversations, we share chocolates and <laughs> when they are walking past with a coffee, but um, we do have, we do look for the new connections. That's sort of the main premise of being here. Um, and, if, and even with customers that we've done work for previously, may not be working with now, you know, we update them on what we've got and we always bring something new to an event. So it's just a matter of, I, su- I suppose it's all about raising awareness, awareness of what Neoskill are, what we do, um, what we have that's new um, and find out really what the learning environment is like at the moment. Obviously, you know, we're all coming through the end of the COVID uh, situation. How has that affected our customers and potential customers and what are going to be the new um, challenges they're face, facing and have faced and what whether any of the solutions we provide are going to be beneficial to those um, clients. Um, and I think as an attendee too, um, I've actually over the years done quite a bit of work in, in um, supporting women's development and, and trying to do what I can to help women um, get into senior roles in, in their organisations um, and so often for, for women attending conferences there's a couple of things that tend to be an issue um, it can be um, more difficult for women to put themselves forward to ask questions at a conference um, there's plenty of research it's not just me saying this there is research that shows you know, men will ask more questions and will speak for longer. That um, men are le- if the men are start asking the questions, then women are less likely to ask questions. And we talk about sometimes you know women um, needing more confidence. Personally, I don't think it's a confidence issue. I think the majority of women, and particularly in areas like this, are, are very confident. Sometimes we lack courage, and sometimes we just need to have that little bit of extra encouragement to get the courage to put ourselves forward to ask the questions to engage with with other people um and so you know from a conference organizer point of view have as we have at lpi have female chairs um, that shows that more women will ask questions and and engage and have conversations um maybe you know set up um the first question to be asked by a woman to to encourage women to do that so I started to to ask questions in in sessions, whether it's here or or online in in um, digital um, events. That that's my aim for this year, just to develop that um, courage. Um, and I suppose I give myself a little bit of um, pat on the back that sometimes maybe there, maybe there is something I've got to add, or I have a valid questions that others may not ask. Well, I think if you can park the nerves to one side because there's always a, a, an element of uh, anxiety that goes with speaking at any event on a very personal basis it's just a really brilliant opportunity to come and talk about some of the pioneering work the learning innovation 
uh, and the results that you're achieving in the workplace through the stuff that you're doing in in learning and development and i'm always uh, very excited to come and talk about the work that i'm doing and this year i had the opportunity to co-present with a, a very dear colleague of mine dr bonnie chuck who is a knowledge management uh, and learning specialist so it was a real double act this year and a, a great honor and a pleasure to um, have been invited and to be able to present typically once we're all set up it's just a matter of um, finding people who show an interest say for instance in our stand or what we have on offer at the table um, and just asking them questions I mean typically that's all it is and, and striking a conversation and it's not a conversation you know to say right we're going to sell them XYZ it's a conversation to understand where they're coming from um, I think throughout NIRSCO we really believe in the seek to understand before you, you know, you, you want to be understood. And that's something that we as an organisation talk about a lot within our teams um, because it's important that, you know, whatever we're, we're doing is for the long-term benefit of the client um, and for us ultimately, um, but it's, it's, you've got to understand them first. Well, I think, I think a lot of people miss the events, obviously, because um, just that human interaction. Um, but also, I think client relationships and candidate relationships depend on um, that in-person, you know, that, that conversation in person is very different to perhaps over the phone or, or, or via Zoom, which are both very helpful. But getting to know someone as a person in person is um, a lot more beneficial to us. And um, yeah, they were definitely missed. Uh, and it's nice to be back at an event. Uh, although perhaps a little bit quieter than than what it usually would be because you know given the circumstances it's it's about people feeling comfortable isn't it and confident to to come to this type of thing now uh, but i do think it will start to to pick up more as people feel more comfortable um because i think people do enjoy meeting people face to face and i think the other area where women can tend to hold back a bit at conferences is in networking um it is networking it's okay to go up to a group and join it and say you know hi I'm Sarah and you know I'm here today. So for example very practically I did go through the agenda of uh, what sort of topics people are going to be talking about, what's of interest to me and uh, what um, what ideas I have on a topic and I listen out. I listen out whether those themes that that are aligned with my thinking come up and if they don't I have a question prepared to go in with that or um, another way and that's I suppose more organic uh, method is going from from one session to another and picking up on themes and trying to link different sessions and topics together um, and then ask questions that may be originated in a session before but you only ask it in a session that comes afterwards um, just to connect the dots between what is being talked about. I think being in LND, being a consultant in this area, that's your job to connect the dots for people that you work with. Uh, whether it's designing a training program, uh, a learning pathway that is aligned to a strategy um, or a wider business objective, you need to have that, that ability to see trends, to listen out to conversations and, and connect it all so that there are crossovers between all those entities that are interacting within a business, whether it's a business meeting, whether it's a session planning um, um, event or, or, or a strategy conversation. 
So, so I think that's that's something I do naturally, and I seek see, seek it out. I seek the dots. I seek the connections. Speaking from a very personal perspective, I think that there is. Is this gender specific? I don't know. I, I think it could be, but I think there is a, a, a fear of um, imposter syndrome a little bit. You know, certainly I think there is a, there's a confidence piece. You know, am I good enough? Have I earned a seat at this table? Why have I been asked to come and speak about this? What is it that I'm doing that people think is really interesting or valuable or pioneering? So I think there's always a seed of doubt. Do men suffer from that? I don't think I see them explore that as much as I hear women talk about it so I, I definitely think there's a confidence piece I think the other thing is that women just need to trust in the fact that they're great they're doing the right work they are measuring results they are coming up with innovation in learning and development they're seeing it through and they are really starting to have a voice in a world that previously has been um, a male orientated, male dominated environment. And wrongly so, because, you know, women make up probably 80% of the learning and development workforce, but probably 20% has been made up of male leadership. So I'm not quite sure how we ever get to that point, but I'm uh, glad to see the tables are turning a bit, Andrew. So I'm not a very seasoned um, attendee. I don't go to many. Uh, many events um, and I see a good mixture of men and women represented at the events and at this particular event um, I'm pleased to see many women speaking on panels and, and sharing the, the discussions as well um, so that's encouraging because again that takes the um, distress of being let's say the only woman in the room um, away um, which and I suppose for me, it has been a really, really comfortable experience here. One thing that I find a little bit uh, male dominant are the exhibitor stands. Um, but I don't know if it's just a coincidence or, or because of the nature of the businesses, a lot of them are digital. Um, and maybe male men are, are more um, into that, that area and that they're, they're presenting the, the, the goods and the, the companies um, here and that's the reason but I prefer stands where there is a little bit of a balance and mixture. I think again with that is to the same things in terms of you know um, if the the uh, women speaking in the audience saying you know that was a great point you made you know I'd love you to expand a bit more on that um, you're know, really encouraging if they see um, a woman holding back perhaps at a, a network event, you know, being proactive, um, being supportive and avoiding behaviours that might not be seen as appropriate, which can honestly still be an issue. Again, nothing like as bad as it used to be, but occasionally can still be a little bit of an issue. I feel okay. I mean, I, it's it's their job that they, they, they come here to, I suppose, um, present what they've got, hopefully get business and if you come to an event as a, as a participant representing your business you know that there will be people trying to offer you something sell you something which is absolutely fine and it doesn't it doesn't bother me but um, I can put up a fight and I'm not I'm not one to to be sold easily <laughs> so um, so yes if they if 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 I'm seen as easy pickings because I'm a woman well that's that's not quite the case
Um, I think I've learned over the years not to take it personally um, because some people just don't feel comfortable doing that unless they're there with a particular agenda and they're looking for something specific. Um, they might just walk past all those stands that don't meet that criteria that they're looking for. Um, in which respect, that's fine. You know, I, I think you, in sales you have to have that sort of hard skin as well. You know, not every conversation is going to be a pleasant one or it's not going to lead to a... Um, you know, a, a positive outcome, as in, you know, you're not going to build that relationship because it's not you're not offering what they they need. Um, so no, I don't take it personally, and it's fine. And I'll still offer them a chocolate. <laughs> I think because we're in recruitment, and um, although we're we're obviously heavily involved with learning in the sense that everyone that we recruit falls in learning, um, we we are aware that you know some people won't want to be seen to be having conversations with us because they might be with their employers. Um, so it does happen. We are blank sometimes, but quite often we will see someone we know who will walk past, and it's likely that we'll have a conversation with them the following day, you know, over the phone or something, or, or meet with them. Um, so it, it does happen, and I suppose it can. Uh, for some people, that might not be confidence, but it's something we're quite prepared for. Well, I always think if you want to build confidence within your own self and have and have a presence, I think planning and preparation before you do anything is really, really helpful. So I think one piece of advice would be think about what it is you really want to get out of that event um, and, and actually write down a few ideas, a few things you'd like to talk to other people about, a few people you'd like to meet, a few topics you think might be current that you'd like to learn a bit more about and a few vendors that you'd like to connect with take a look at the vendor list really so plan and prepare for what it is that you want to do think about how you want to present yourself as well because you know andrew you and i sat on a panel together at this event um and before that event we, we spoke to uh, one of our fellow, fellow panelists jill and we talked about dress and attire and you know we've all been sat around in shorts for months and months and months and you know dusting down the work the traditional work outfit and preparing for what you want to wear and how you want to present yourself at an event was more confusing for me than it's ever been before plus like I had to move a ton of stuff out my wardrobe to actually find you know my business attire but I suppose my question that I had in my mind was is it okay to wear those, you know, trainers with my business suit? Is there some protocols that, you know, do I still need to wear my high heels? Do I still need to do some of that? And I think women should start to really challenge. Am I okay to get that little tattoo on display? Is it okay to wear my trainers with my suit? Hey, do I need to wear a suit at all? Can I come with my pink highlights? Is that okay? I think women should be really pushing the boundaries of bring your whole self to work and be yourself at work and be yourself in a conference because I think that's authentic, it's genuine and I think it represents who you are as a person and that's what uh, people buy. Um, be prepared I suppose so um, so know what you're talking about and and, um, and be ready for the kind of conversations that people want to have. Quite often people will come up to us and if they don't know who we are and ask who we are and, and what we do so it's about being ready to ask that kind of question. I think it's probably what I would tell anybody in my team which is be yourself. Just be yourself and particularly if you're in like a sales role, which is ultimately what you probably are in um, at an event, um, be yourself and just show your confidence because people are attracted to that. If you're authentic, people will see that through you. If you're being fake, 
and you're putting on a persona, then they'll also see that. And that's when, you know, people are put off. Even if you, you're offering something they need, they may be put off to have that conversation with you. But if you're, if you're authentic, I think people will want to talk to you anyway. That, that's, I think, two th- there's the three things. There's making sure that we've, we've got a balance of male and female speakers. We've got to make sure that we um, try and create opportunities that will encourage equal participation it's great for instance you know yesterday morning when there was questions going on screen again that that's going to make it easier for um, everybody to put forward the questions um, and uh, you know for making sure networking events that you know if you're there and you're a woman it's okay to to start joining in don't just stick with the people your colleagues that you came with don't just go to a group of women only you know these are, these are things that will help you get the most out of a conference. Um, with Blue Eskimo, we attend um, some of the learning technology um, events, uh, the exhibitions. So I tend to be exhibiting, but I do try and take time off the stand to walk around and, um, you know, and have conversations with people and, um, on the other stands and, and see what it's like from a perspective of someone who is attending the event. I think I'm quite fortunate in the sense that we work in the L&D space and it's quite an inclusive environment, so I don't feel, um, I don't feel that anything is particularly different for me as, as a female um, in the environment, although sometimes, for example, this morning it might have took me a little bit longer to get ready than perhaps some of my male colleagues, um, but at the actual events I feel very much included, uh, you know, I don't notice any difference being a female. Going forward, I would love to see a balance of um, conferences held in, in a similar space as, as this, like Learning Life, face-to-face. And I really enjoyed um, the opening session, I believe, where audience were able to ask questions via the phone. You didn't have to put your hand up. Um, if you wanted to, I guess it was an option, but that was that was that was a welcome change. I've not seen that before done in a, in a, in that kind of forum. But over the the course of the pandemic, I really enjoyed the digital events, and I attended a couple, and I felt very very comfortable getting involved in a conversation with other participants. Didn't see them. I could only see what they posted in the in the chat. But that gave me such a great experience and I've learned so much and I, I didn't feel um, intimidated or um, inadequate um, and um, and it felt great. So I hope that going forward we will have a mixture of those events. We won't go back fully to face-to-face, although I do welcome it, but I would like to, to retain that digital experience as well. Um, I would like to see that exhibitors are promoted more, um, that they're included more in the conversations. Um, you know, if the event is having, you know, sessions for the delegates to include the exhibitors, that's always good because it's a good conversational starter for when they come out and talk to you at your stand. So that's always good. Um, and I think generally it's, especially now, um, with the COVID situation, I think it's good for the um, organisers to really make people feel comfortable that, you know, they've got all the the hand sanitizers out, they've got social distancing, so people feel comfortable, they can come out, they can still have that conversation, they can have the human contact that we've all missed out on. Um, I think right now that's, that's really important. Entertain me. 
when I come to an event, I want to be I want to be entertained. I want to be engaged with the people who are at that event. I want to meet really interesting people. I want to be connected to people. I want to have the opportunity to share my story, but also have really nice informal opportunities to hear other people's stories. You know, we are in the business of learning and lifelong learners ourselves in the main, of course, as you know, it's what we do. So I think this this sort of event poses such a brilliant opportunity to learn and be a continuous learner uh, and take part in discussions, conversations and opportunities to move the learning agenda forward. So that would be my, my advice to the organisers. More of that. I think they're really important um, for business going forward. Um, with the with the year that we've just had where we've lacked those events, um, I think they've really been missed and um, we we actively encourage our candidates and clients to come to this type of event, not just to benefit us, but to benefit them and what they can learn. These type of sessions are really beneficial. Um, and yeah, I would, I would encourage them to continue. To, we've, we've just had a wonderful panel session here actually on um, diversity and inclusion. And I think, you know, what's important is that we can't just expect that to happen. We can't just think, well, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're all very inclusive in this organisation, so it will just happen. You have to design that in. So when you're planning your event, you have to design in the, the inclusion and think about what, what you need to do to make sure that, that it is a genuinely an inclusive event. Um, and, and that is about how structuring the panel sessions and arranging questions and maybe having smaller groups for discussion where people feel more comfortable. As the first of the episodes recorded live, this provided a set of challenges that we hadn't had before um, and our guests coped brilliantly. There was a lot to think about in this episode and the point about balance is really important and one reason why this podcast exists. To demonstrate our commitment to that even further, we've been asked to support the Great British Businesswoman Forum on the 14th of October this year. I'll be on a panel about men's allyship for women and chairing a panel on imposter syndrome with women guests from across business. You'll find all the details in the show notes. Thank you to Katie, Miriam, Sarah, Kamala and Caroline for their insights in this episode and their patience as I cajoled them into speaking. Um, I think they more than delivered. Also, a massive thank you to Ed, Pauline and the LPI team for giving us the opportunity to do this recording. you find all of our guest contact details in the show notes, along with links to the LPI and the Learning Live event and the Great British Businesswoman Forum. Please share, like and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate everyone who listens and helps make this podcast such a fun and entertaining thing to do. As always, we thank you for listening. And we'll see you again soon.